Ain't that a bitch? On this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast, I'm joined by Snacks to discuss the violent and dark Bob George from the Black Album. Welcome back to the show, Snacks. Thank you very much, Jason. Glad to be here. Glad to have you for this song. It's been a little bit since we've collaborated on a Prince Lyrics Podcast episode, but you picked a doozy, yep. man. <laughs> I know. I was thinking, like, I always pick the sort of weird and nasty ones. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine, because they're usually the most interesting <laughs> songs to talk about. Yeah, yeah, that's fine with me, too. Yeah, I guess I can relate I to feeling, those. I have a feeling we'll have a, a, a good time with this one. Uh, Bob George. I think so, too. And it, this one is song. interesting because... It is a fun song, but it's like it's not really a, a song so much in terms of like, oh, verse, chorus, verse or whatever. It's a, you know, it's like a rap. It's like a spoken word piece almost. So uh, so taking a deep dive into the lyrics will, will be something interesting. Just just reading them just just on their own is just, is just hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, they are. They are pretty violent, but I think. You know, just the way that Prince delivers the lines, and we'll get into some of the performance aspects of it. The yeah. fact that it's all very one-sided, a lot of the sound effects he uses just kind of lends it to being a less uh, a less disturbing. I mean, there's still some yeah. disturbing imagery going on here, disturbing um, lines that he that he sure. speaks. But but the overall song, I think, does give off a bit of more of a humorous vibe than. It's really like a like, cartoon, oh sort of. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you're With right. And there's a lot of reasons why. Exactly, there's a lot of reasons why we'll uh, we both feel that way about a song that touches on domestic violence and shoot out the I know. I know. I mean, it shouldn't be funny. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I know. I mean, I was thinking about this album actually when I was listening to it just uh, a few moments ago, and I was like, it had such an aura about it because you know of it being taken from the shelves right before release and everything and it, it was the black album and everyone was like oh it's his nastiest most dirtiest thing ever you know and of course the you know that just the fact that you couldn't get it just only increased its its aura and everything you know but then when you actually listen to the album itself i mean it's just like you know it's it's a cool album but it's it's a fun party record you know i mean this this one gets probably as dark as the album gets you know um yeah but, you know, when I heard that, when I read or I found out that this was like an album he put together for Sheely's birthday party, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because it sounds like a birthday party record that he kind of like threw together, you know, like for fun, you know. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of fun to be had with this whole album, actually. Yeah, yeah. There are several songs on here that were recorded in like December of 1986, this one included, because mm-hmm. there were you know, as you already mentioned, lead-ups to um, Sheila E.'s birthday party, which took place on December 11th, 1986. And so he had to right. have some of these songs kind of fleshed out and ready to perform, including uh-huh. Bob George. And with Bob George, the, kind of the, one of the interesting things about this as an unreleased track was that, uh, you know, he never really had a true opportunity. Well, for most of the songs on this album, he never really had a true opportunity to play them live as they were... <laughs> You know, right. new, but this but this is an exception. This is one oh, yeah. weird exception that he decided, even though it was an unreleased track in 1988, 
because you know the black album had been pulled from shelves uh-huh. he still incorporated bob george and his on his love sexy tour yeah i thought that was so cool i i saw the love sexy show and i was obsessed with the black album too you know and like obsessed with like how they were different and everything and he did bob george live and i'm like that is just so only only prince could get away with that like knowing that everybody his fans would already have the bootleg you know so he's gonna do the (laughs) song live a song that's not even released but is a bootleg and like he knows it so he's gonna do it live so it's almost like he's touring a bootleg album too at the same time um and i just i thought that was i thought that was brilliant i was just so happy to see it live too because i thought it was such a cool track like i mean when i first discovered this album if you don't mind me going uh, into this just for a second no, um, go for it. I'd, I'd like to go into like how i all the copies of the black album that i had <laughs> mm-hmm. um like i did the first ones first one i got was this really weird like collection of 45s i i found at a record convention um because you know like getting the black album on a bootleg was that was a really hot commodity and like all they had at this record convention was just these uh, like 45s, like uh, like one song had like Bob George, one side had Bob George, the other side had Supercalifragilistic, uh, Supercalifragilifunky. And then another one had like LeGrind and the other the other side was Sidney C. So it wasn't even the whole album. And I bought these 45s and they had like like pornographic covers or stuff and they sounded just absolutely awful. Like, I mean, like a, a cassette of a cassette of a cassette. You you could barely understand what was going on, and like the speed was off and everything. So I had to like, and then you get just such a, it's such a raggedy produced album anyway. So I'm trying to like make sense of this of these of this music, and then later like a this girl I worked with at a, a record store, she 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 made me a cassette copy, which was a little bit better that she dubbed from like another cassette. And then I had a little better copy, and then eventually I got like a like a CD version, and then a vinyl version, and finally like with each succeeding version, like the quality got better and better until like, you know, until finally just you know I knew the album. But it was this whole like, it was really this like journey to to, to like try and decipher everything that was going on in this album. It was really, um, it was really something. <clears throat> and, and and this one too, I was just like, wait a minute, is that him? Like, what is he saying? Like, and then these sound effects, like, what is going on in this track? You know, it was it was it was, it was really it was really outrageous. Yeah, I can see how that would be, especially if it was like a poor quality copy. Where yeah. this song with Prince, so Prince performed just for anybody who hasn't heard the song. Prince performs this song in a low pitched speaking voice. So you know, like a lot of times he's done his high pitched thing in. He was doing that for Camille. Yeah, he did that a few times in other songs, like in Erotic City. Mm. But you didn't necessarily hear him do a low-pitched voice too often. Yeah, this was this, this was a, this is a different song. character. His whole song is him playing this character, this alter ego. Mm-hmm. And this is who this. Uh, this. I mean, I guess this alter ego would be considered, you know, violent, profane. Uh, yeah. controlling maybe misogynistic and obviously very jealous as we go through the lyrics extremely yeah. jealous <laughs> That's yeah yeah one yeah of the key words here jealous and the other thing about that is like okay so this song wasn't released but he performed it on love sexy but love sexy was supposed to be kind of like his alternate uh you know like his response to the black album mm-hmm. making something positive and spiritual but how does Bob George fit in? So for anybody who didn't go to that show, like myself, but I'm obviously aware of how it was 
portrayed and how it was laid out his prince uh-huh. put a lot of like up like uh, fronted the the tour set list with a lot of the more dirty sexy grittier songs in his catalog yeah, it wasn't it wasn't two acts yes yes and this was did this finish the first act or like maybe the second to last song i was just trying to act? think that i i i think i think it ended act one yeah it ended on, on a real bang no you know what i think it was the second to last song and then he ended it with like it might have ended with anastasia Maybe um, I might have got that wrong. It ended on like a softer note, and then he went into like the whole love sexy thing. It was sort of like a transitional song, I I think. I I'm not so sure about that. It was definitely. No, front I think level. you're right. I yeah, you're I, right. it was some. It was something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know um, his. I know he gets shot at the end of the performing this song. Yeah, and there's some kind of re- resurrection somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because um, yeah, like I said, the song is is violent and it's. It's dark in its uh, in its lyrics and its symmetry, but mm-hmm. it's done in a kind of a kind of comical way. Like even even on tour, like you see, the Love Sexy tour hasn't been like officially remastered and put out there on you know nice pristine crisp Blu-ray DVDs. But I've seen images. Be. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I've seen images of his outfit that he wears in this performance. He got like these goofy glasses on, uh, mm-hmm. and it's all very like comically violent like a gangster movie or right. something like a dick tracy or something like that i mean his language is is coarse and mm-hmm. the words he uses is not pg or kid friendly or comic book but i think a lot of like the imagery he was putting out there during the performance of the song on tour and just the in, just the incorporation of some like comedic elements some lines that you can't help but chuckle at even even yeah it was almost it was almost like slaps slapstick the way it was being performed on stage too with him like running around and with these like you know cheesy sound effects and everything yeah 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 good good description of that but it it wasn't even like oh this is so disturbing you know it was like yeah yeah it was like comedy it was smart of him to do it that way especially when he was going to incorporate it in the love sexy tour because yeah it's intended to be like a transition between the dark and the light side or the, 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 you know, the violent and the um, spiritual side. But yeah. if you, if you, if you take people down too dark of a path before you cross that bridge and move to that, then you, it's kind of hard for them to, to, I think um, kind of side with the performer, like, wow, I can't believe you would go here or go there because uh, without some of the comedic parts of this, yeah, the lyrics of this performance it does come across. It could have come across too dark and too violent. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I would say that this one specifically is the one that could have could have crossed that line. You know, even even just not even just listening to the album, you're kind of like you, you could you could be sort of like, whoa, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. all right, he went there. You know, um, uh, but you know, still it kind of just gets to that that limit but doesn't really cross the line i don't think you know and i I think in general like it's funny when you compare these two albums i think that love sexy as an album is actually a more cohesive statement you know and it's he does seem kind of more inspired on that album and it does seem like a, a kind of a more for want of a better word like proper album to release but it's not if you put them side by side i mean Black Black album is definitely more like my go-to album. Like it's an album that I enjoy more 
and love sexy. That's just my that's just my personal taste, you know. Mm-hmm. I think I think yeah. love. I think it's a bit heavy handed with all of the like. Oh, I have this big spiritual message, you know, and I have to like <laughs> I have to I have to give it to you now, you know what I mean? And it's it was, it was a bit, yeah. I thought it was a bit over over the top. Um, or Bob George is just like, yeah, I'm just gonna make these funky jams, and you know, they're wild and crazy, and you know, and then eight songs and we're out. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing nothing quite as funny as Bob George on Love Sexy or something so outrageous no, no, as Bob George on Love Sexy. Yeah, it's an outrageous not, song. Yeah, yeah and, it is. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, well, a couple things more before we jump into the lyrics. I wanted to bring up like a lot of the um, the samples that you hear on this song, mm-hmm. I guess, came from his Fairlight CMI. So that's mm-hmm. just kind of one of those those things to note about like okay well that here gunshots where where did he get those gunshots were they pulled from uh, a cd or or some mm. you know recording from 30 40 years ago no they were just uh, samples that were on his fairlight so yeah, <laughs> well, they, they yeah the her. one the, the very last one is that voice that goes bizarre like kind of laughing and mm. you know that came from uh, a frank zappa album you aware of that i, he- I heard that i didn't i yeah. didn't know specifically but yeah I, I read that somewhere i think it was his i don't know if it was his girlfriend or his wife or one of the gtos or something but yeah it's a sample of and he he like donated it to the people who, who made the Fairlight as a sample that they could use so <laughs> uh, i thought that was kind of funny this like connection there between prince and frank, frank zappa yeah he was, he was very fond of that sample he used it a lot in like the madhouse albums too and stuff yes yes that's right that's absolutely yeah. right and the other thing I wanted to bring up is the the genesis of the name Bob George. So uh, I'm sure you've read the right. same stories that I've read sure. about where the two names. It's like a it's uh-huh. like a combination of his uh, former manager Bob Cavallo uh-huh. and Nelson George, who was a uh, music critic that was you know championed Prince early on, but then around the world in the day and parade started to kind of be a little more critical of his music. And so Prince probably took, and I guess he, you know, at this time, his relationship with, with Bob Cavallo wasn't the greatest it, either. So if he's Yeah, make, it started to fall apart. Uh-huh. Yeah, so if he's going to create a, a fake name for an alter ego figure as well, why not take, you know, names of two people that I'm not real happy with right now and, and <laughs> right. use their names instead of, you know, friends or people that he was happy with. But Well, was, yeah. was Nelson George one of the ones... I mean, there was supposedly this whole thing of like people saying Prince wasn't funky anymore, or he turned his back on his black audience or something. Was was this actually something that Nelson George was was responsible for for saying or implying? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I just find that so ridiculous. I think ultimately, like honestly, I think he shelved the record because he just didn't think it was that good. <laughs> you know, I think yeah. maybe he just, he was just like, this is not my best, you know? And like, it isn't, it isn't really his best. Like, that's what I mean about Love Sexy being a sort of more cohe- coherent record because, you know, it is. And I think he wanted to make something that was, I think he said something like, you know, if I die, I don't want that to be my last statement. And I'm like, you know, I can, I can dig that. You know, I can understand that. I don't, I don't think it was, I mean, maybe he had, there's also this story about him having a, an ecstasy, a bad trip on ecstasy. I mean, that's probably very possible too. But I think most likely he was just like, yeah, it's not, you know, it's subpar. It's not my best work. I don't want to, I don't want to just throw it out there just because I can, you know. So more power to him for doing that, you know. 
Yeah, ultimately we all got it, and he approved its official release in 1994. But by that time, its its impact had worn off, and its yeah. aura had kind of worn off. It was being dubbed as you know the infamous Black Album, or it's like, well, yeah, but by 1994, if you didn't already have a bootleg or you hadn't heard it, a bootleg you were and you were just coming to it fresh. Uh, seven years after it was supposed to be released, you're uh-huh. not going to be that impressed. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> really. It doesn't have the same impact. I mean, by that time, it was the infamous contract obligation album. That's what it was. I mean, you know, yeah, it's that's like really more accurate. He, he wanted to get out of his contract, so he's just like, oh well, I'll put out this album, which you know is already done and that people know about. So, I mean, it didn't sell. I don't think either. I don't think it did, did very well at all. It was in and out of the stores. So. Yeah, no, it wasn't a big seller in 1994. It was too little too late. Uh, it needed to come out in 87, 88 if it was going to make any impact at all. And yeah. it didn't. So here we are. I, I want to say one more thing about the the, 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 um, like the structure of the music of the song. I think what is yeah. also really cool about this is that um, it's, uh, once again, Prince revisiting uh, 12 Bar Blues. Uh, you know, like the one, four, five chord progression that that happens in blues, which he's done in Delirious, and which he did in Kiss, and which he did more like I guess the closest to this track would be "You Got the Look." Um, so I, I always think that's kind of cool that he he did so much with that uh, that progression, and I mean it's it's a really minimal, very cool electronic track, but when you break it down in terms of the the chords, it's a really just minimal blues progression. Um, I, I thought I think that's really you know I, I love that he does that he, he he does so much with that progression and this is another example of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Good point. Thanks for bringing that up. Okay, my well, pleasure. I, th- I think one of the things about this song, as we kind of talked about, it's the lyrics are kind of delivered almost like stream of consciousness or like in a rapping style. It doesn't yeah. have, you know, as you mentioned, your traditional verse, chorus, verse structure. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read. The lyrics, like, pretty straightforward. Um, there's quite a few lines that I'm going to read up front, and then mm-hmm. we'll just kind of we'll just kind of talk piece by piece through pieces of or aspects of it because it kind of flows like a story, like it's a sure a story song. And and if I break it up at unnatural points, it might seem like the lines might not seem like to flow properly. So yeah. I'm just going to read for a while, and <laughs> here we go. All <laughs> okay. right, so uh, so the first thing you hear in it. the intro is that, damn, let me see you dance. Uh, and that's just something that he says later on in the song, too. But is that what like, he says, dance? See, I don't ever got that. I mean, it sounds like he says gay, like somebody's name, like the woman's <laughs> name is gay or something. Let me see you dance, you know, or Gail I or something. Think it's is it damn? Damn, damn. okay. That, doesn't, that would make more sense, yeah. Let me see you dance. And then okay. we get to the actual real lyrics of the song, because then there's a some more music in between that little intro statement and then where yeah, the incredible baseline so cool yeah the, i mean the bass is, is so mm. dope and you know it's funky as hell but totally. one thing that i wanted to bring up is this character prince is portraying in the song is on goes unnamed so um we don't have a name for this character we're just going to call him you know the alter ego or just prince yeah um, in this case for lack of a better word new coat huh that's nice did you buy it yeah, right. You seeing that bitch motherfucker again. You know who I'm talking about. That slick back patty with all the gold in his mouth. Don't try to play me for yesterday's fool. Cause I slap your ass 
into the middle next week. I'm sorry, baby. That's the rules. I pay the rent, Mr. Ragley, motherfucker. So he goes, new coat, huh? That's nice. Did you buy it? Yeah, right. You see in that rich motherfucker again. You know who I'm talking about. That slick back patty with all the gold in his mouth. They'll try to play me for yesterday's fool. Because I'll slap your ass into the middle of next week. I'm sorry, baby. That's the rules. I pay the rent in this raggedy motherfucker. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to pause there. Um, and then when we talk about and we're ready to move on, I will really kind of repeat the last line to kind of give listeners a sense for where we're going with these lyrics. Okay. All right, so, so he here he's... He's, you know, asking questions of what we have to uh, assume is a woman, you know, some significant other girlfriend, whatever you want to call her. Um, talking about like she walks, I, like I get the image of her walking in the door and she's wearing this coat. And of course, he, he immediately points out that it looks new. Like he doesn't recognize this coat. New coat, huh? Mm-hmm. That's nice. Did you buy it? And then he doesn't, we don't hear an answer. But because he says right after that, yeah, right. You have to assume she said, yes, I did, or something along. Yeah, something yeah, like yeah. And this is where his jealousy kind of um, really comes out. You know, you get a sense for this this character he's playing here is extremely jealous of this, of his girlfriend or his wife, whoever she is, to him. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. he is immediately, like, accusing her of stepping out on him. Yeah. Seeing that rich motherfucker again, <laughs> is what he says. <laughs> Uh, so, like with these first few lines, these you know, handful of lines before we get to um, you know, t- paying the rent. What what do you see here, snacks that kind of you want to point out, or just some interesting lines or things that he says here that you find intriguing? Um, well, you know, I, I what I think of, what what first comes to mind uh, reading and, and actually listening to it again recently is. Richard Pryor, like I just keep thinking Richard Pryor, like it's some kind, it's like a kind of a, you know, uh, kind of a jive talk sort of parody. And even though this was an album that was made or or quasi released in in 87 or recorded in 86, this vernacular is really like old school, you know, like when they say like slick back patty with the golden's mouth and stuff like that and uh, slap your ass in the middle of next week. I mean, no one was no one was really talking <laughs> like that back then, you know. It sounds like he's like sort of doing his kind of, you know, uh, uh, sort of pimp persona, yep. you know, like sort of uh, recalling like the Morris Day character or the Jamie Starr character and maybe even picking up some of his life. I, I think maybe he, like he's I could fantasize about him picking up some lines from like his father or something, you know, or like from his scene, sort of, you know, from like the fifties and kind of jab jive talk from that, from that era, you know, like it definitely doesn't sound like, you know, I don't know what like hip hop guys were saying around that time no. or whatever, you know? No. Um, and I think that also adds to the comedy because you're so like, Oh, come on. Like we can't take this guy seriously. Like who talks like this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You almost feel like he's <laughs> kind of like, he's older, like, Prince would have been exactly. yeah. late twenties, and you don't. I don't get the impression that this guy, this character he's playing in the song, is a mid twenties or late twenties age. You feel like he's old, yeah, like forties, yeah, 50s, and that, yeah, and the, and the lower voice definitely speaks to that as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, the slick back, slick back, Patty with all the gold in his mouth. That is mm-hmm. a line that 
can be misunderstood or misheard just because of the way he says it. And it also, again, it's not language that you hear every day. Yeah. Um, it is, it's a bit, uh, even in 1987, the vernacular, as you mentioned, is a little bit dated. Slap your ass into the middle of next week. That's our kind of our first uh, line that kind of hints to the violence or at least the violent mm-hmm. tendencies of this character. He's not afraid to get violent in order to get his point across or in order to intimidate uh, mm-hmm. this woman. So he's he's willing yeah, to... Yeah, this, this, this track doesn't waste any time <laughs> getting to the like the swear <laughs> words and the violence. And it's it's crazy when you think about how like like Prince uh, uh, didn't use swear words later on in life, you know, when he became a Jehovah's Witness and stuff. And then you listen to this and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah, I think he had, that was probably one of his biggest challenges. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, cutting out the cursing. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I mean, mean, it was just I part of who I, he was, and part of how he was raised, and part of sure. Know, his, I think his, this old this old time vernacular is something that is is in a was in a lot of his music. You know, he, he always kind of had this sort of like, um, what's another example? Um, you know, even in like 1999, like um, I don't know, just 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 some some of the stuff that. Some of his lyrics and some of the things he was doing—they they seem like they can, you know, because he's a, he's a synthesis of so many different eras and stuff, you know. And so I feel that he would, you know, this 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 kind of like uh, kind of older school vernacular. It actually appears in, in some of his other some of his other tracks as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. what you're talking about. There's there's one particular word that he used a few times early in his career, and I'm trying to think of what it is that I always thought it was humorous when he would say it. Um, like my drawers or something, you know, my, like my drawers, you know, like talking about like, oh, you know, this is my woman, you know, this is my drawers, stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's another term yeah. for that. All you do is fuck up food and heat. Say what? Oh, yeah. For someone who can't stand them TV dinners, you should eat enough of them motherfuckers. I pay the rent in this raggedy motherfucker. And then after that, he says, "All and all you do is suck up food and heat. Say what? Oh, yeah. For someone who can't stand them TV dinners, you sure eat enough of them motherfuckers. Who bought you that diamond ring? Yeah, right. Just when you have a job. You seen that rich motherfucker again. What's his name? Bob. Bob. Ain't that a bitch? What's he do for a living? Manage rock stars. Who? Prince. Ain't that a bitch? That skinny motherfucker with the hard voice. Please. Who do I look like, baby? Don't you know I will kill you now? You're fucking right. I got a gun. You think I don't? Who bought you that diamond ring? <laughs> yeah, right. Since when did you get a job? You seeing that rich motherfucker again? What's his name? Bob? Bob. Ain't that a bitch? What's he do for a living? Manage rock stars? Who? Prince? Ain't that a bitch? That skinny motherfucker with the high voice. Please, who do I look like, baby? Yesterday's fool. Don't you know I will kill you now? You're fucking right. I got a gun. You think I don't? Then what's this? Oh, you quiet now. Uh-huh. Little. Yeah, right. It might be little, but it's loud. And what's this? Well, you quiet now. Uh-huh. Little? 
Yeah, right. It might be little, but it's loud. <laughs> All right, so this is we got it. We got like domestic violence 101 going on. I yeah, there's a point, there's a lot to unpack here in that like second verse, really. Yeah, yeah, because at this point now you almost get like the impression that he's like holding her hostage. Like we've got a hostage situation. It's yeah, kinda, or or developing hostage situation. Right, right. But at the same time, that he's like, you talking about the gun. He's making a joke about his dick too. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, it's like. Yeah, yeah. He's serving it up on a on like a platter of of comedy. Yeah. So just moving backwards. Um, so the lines: all you do is suck up food and heat for someone who can't stand them TV dinners. You sure eat enough of them, motherfucker. That is <laughs> comedy. That's just that straight comedy. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Straight up comedy, and that's and, like and that's like that's like the the like straight out of like the Recosto school, you know. <laughs> it's probably like yes. a line he had like hanging around for a while, and he wanted to put it in a song or in a movie, you know, and it ended up in this one. Yeah, these are the lines that really kind of point to maybe some of the uh, older school comedians that he was that he'd grown up listening to, your Rudy Ray mm-hmm. Moores and uh, Richard exactly, Pryors, and where. Yeah, and the violence is, and the language and the insults are used to comedic effect. Yeah, well, when he, you were saying he probably, uh, like, the, the, you were talking about the, the records that he, he might have been listening to in his formative years. I was also thinking Blowfly. So that was kind of a Blowfly um, hmm. thing going on here, too. Yes, yes, for sure. That lots nasty of influences, Lots of influences, lots of different, uh, you know, influences he could have pulled from to kind of create this persona or help him create this persona for this song. Well, persona is the word because like, you know, still at this time he was considered, you know, the like enigmatic kind of, you know, mysterious, you know, prince that still people knew from Purple Rain. I mean, he was kind of trying to, you know, maybe change that, definitely change that with like out of the cherry moon and stuff like that. But still, he has to sort of play a character in order to, like, make fun of himself. You know, when he says, like, that skinny motherfucker with the high voice and everything. I mean, you know, he's, 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 yeah, have, you know, he's not taking himself so seriously, you know, as, as Prince the Artist. And I, I think that's worth mentioning here, too, because, you know, it wasn't until years later or, or even after he died that people were like, you know, Prince was really funny. Like, he doesn't get a lot of credit <laughs> for being, like, hilarious. But he was one of the right. funniest people you would, if you really knew him and you were friends with him, he could just crack you up, you know. And I think this is a real example of that. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, yeah. we are like, yeah, we are getting into it's still it's this it's this weird dichotomy between like comedy and like ultra violence and misogyny too. So it's it's a, it's a weird it's a weird balance here. Yeah, you almost got to laugh to keep from to keep from cringing. <laughs> I guess yeah. in some, in mm-hmm. some cases. Mm-hmm. 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 So the line, who bought you that diamond ring? That's another one where, like, who, you know, where'd you get that code? Now he notices yeah. her diamond ring. Who bought you that diamond ring? Yeah, right. Since when do you have a job? So she obviously she kind of must have lied to him, or at least he thinks that she lied to him. Again, we don't we don't know for a fact. We're hearing one side. Maybe maybe this character is so delusional and so jealous that he thinks that she's stepping out on him when even even though she's not. Although mm-hmm. later on in the song, you kind of you kind of understand maybe that's not true, but it's too too jealous and can't see past 
you know, this op- this ability for her to even like she, she must have lied before, I guess. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Well, I I think you know with like the the claustrophobia of the production and sort of the his delivery and stuff, it almost has a like uh, on the darker side of things has like a taxi driver feel to it. You know, like you talking to me. You know that kind of that that scene sort of. You know, he almost could be talking to a mirror. Like maybe maybe it's one sided because actually no one's even there. You know, he could be actually like almost practicing like a you know a confrontation in a way. Wow. You know, and I yeah, I hadn't I thought think, of that. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, it's well, I, when you said that thing about one sided, I was like, well, this is totally this is totally one sided. I mean, you could imagine that someone's there. It could also be that no one's there and he's just like rambling to himself, you know, and I, I think that ratchets up the kind of sort of insanity of this character. Yeah, and he's filling in the blanks like when he says, exactly, watch that diamond ring because he's so insane with jealousy that he already has an answer in his head, even though it may not be the accurate answer. His, the right. answer says, yeah, she's she's stepping out on you because, you know, you're when you're when you um, when you have that kind of delusion everybody's out to get you kind of situation yeah exactly uh you know you're you're always going to see the worst in people and in his mind this woman's this woman is not faithful and that's what he's assuming yeah he's already made up his mind exactly and we do finally get you know the namesake of the song uh what's his name bob bob ain't that a bitch and then this is where we get, of course, one of the most quotable lines of the song when he talks uh, about, you know, who does he manage? Oh, he manages rock stars. So that's that's why he's, quote unquote, rich. He calls him that rich motherfucker. And then what does he do for a living to become rich? Well, he manages rock stars. Who does he manage? Prince. Ain't that a bitch? That skinny motherfucker mm-hmm. with the high voice. And I think that is probably the line of this song that most people cite or are able to cite by uh, memory or like pick out uh, a line in the song that you know you certainly are drawn to or think is funny or think is memorable that's going to be the line yeah yeah totally yeah (laughs) it's very self-aware and it's and it's really funny actually notorious notorious that line absolutely Um, i believe that that line has been used by other artists in samples and like uh kind of uh, repurposed for different rappers music in the past just to kind of like cite it or because it is so kind of clever and funny mm-hmm. self-referential that they're able to take that and, and, and turn it into something new and different for their own art uh, just just it's just that it is that line man it's just that line that people like to to point out and like to um kind of uh I help identify this character who is who is very uh, kind of dismissive of of rock stars in general and Prince specifically. And I love that he was able to write this line about himself. You know? Yeah, yeah, be, yeah, like, yeah. Dig dig a little bit at himself. Although you know, calling yourself skinny is can be considered <laughs> a dig, or it can be considered flattery, depending on. What's your I think that I think that speaks to who this character is. I mean, obviously, I think this character is supposed to be somebody kind of big and brawny, you know, who would consider Prince a skinny motherfucker, you know. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't say short motherfucker. He says skinny motherfucker. So <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. I mean, short might have short might have been a bridge too far because we, <laughs> maybe we're pretty sure that he was pretty insecure about that always. 
But I was somewhere, I forget where it was. Um, I think somebody wrote it. I remember reading an essay about Prince, not a book, a whole book or something, but the title of the essay was actually the, that the skinny motherfucker with the high voice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like this, this line transcends the song. It transcends the black album. It just yeah. becomes so iconic of a kind of a quote, quotable line from the song. And there's quite yeah. a few quotable lines from the song, but that, that takes, you know, the cake, I guess. So, yeah, I think ain't that a bitch too. I mean, probably because it's yeah. repeated, repeated yeah. so much, you know. Bob ain't that a bitch. Yep. Yeah, and Prince ain't that a bitch. Yeah. Yep, Prince ain't that a bitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think then it's, we get. I mean, he he's still he's still like, but further on, like in this 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 passage that you just read, he's he still makes fun of himself because he's he introduces the gun, you know. Um, What's that? What's that thing? Uh, it Chekhov's gun. Like if you introduce a gun in the first act, you have to use it by the third act. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that that's what's happening here in this very theatrical song. But then, right, you know, right as he introduces it, he makes a he makes a um, you know reference to you know, his dick. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Little. Yeah. Because you know, you might be little, but it's loud. Yeah. You might, yeah. You get the impression that he's been. You know, like this is maybe another aspect of their their dysfunctional relationship that mm-hmm. he's fed up with, or you know, if he if he's starting to like, you feel like the one line too many has been crossed, uh, the, the the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. Like he's got all of this anger and resentment built up over jealousy, over um, you know maybe her stepping out on him. So anybody who's been cheated on probably wonders what's wrong with me that maybe sure. that's his characters this alter egos one of his um flaws his self-perceived flaws is that <laughs> he's a little dick and so uh, <laughs> little, yeah right it might be little but it's loud and so this yeah is well that's thing. you know that's hence all the you know, thus all the bravado and all of the machismo yeah. you know it's sort of like make up for for that quote-unquote mm-hmm. deficiency you know um, but, you know, and then I also think that, like, what really gets this character's, under this character's skin is the fact that, I mean, the actual prince himself was annoyed with his manager and this songwriter, uh, this this music critic. So if his, the woman he's with is actually going to have an affair and if it's actually going to be with, you know, them or, you know, a composite, this person, you know, Bob George... Then that's I think that's also like the final straw that blows the camel's back. Like not only are you stepping on me, but it's with this person. You know that that's not gonna that's not gonna work. That's not gonna work at all. Yeah, and and we know that he's, or at least he's trying to give the impression that he's serious. Like this isn't just for show. This mm-hmm. this bravado and this uh, threats of violence. Don't you know I will kill you now? You're fucking right. I got a gun. You think I don't? So I think maybe this is the potentially the first time that it's escalated to this level. Mm-hmm. Um, there might have been some threats of violence before or maybe some empty threats of, you know, I'll slap you ass into the middle of next week kind of stuff, but then no follow through. But uh, maybe this is this song is the in this song is the first time these characters have it's gotten to this this level of. Um, mm-hmm. Of escalation, where you know the gun gets pulled out and and he threatens yeah, yeah. to kill her, not to slap her anymore. I will kill you now. So it's it's definitely gotten 
it's definitely gotten uh, escalated to the point where you think that this might this might be it. This might be the big one. <laughs> and this is interesting too because this is when uh, I believe in the track is when he introduces the guitar. Like up up to this point, it's just been this like weird bass kind of noisy bass and the drum machine, and then all of a sudden. When the gun comes, then comes the guitar, too, for, like, a bit more drama. That's a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when he says that uh, it might be little, but it's loud, this is when you first also start hearing the gunshots, the uh-huh. uh, Fairlight gunshots. So oh, yeah. that's yeah, introduced yeah. into the song at this point as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before I move on? With these lines? Um, I think we I think we got it for now. Yeah, I think we can we can go on to the 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 more the the more disturbing second act, if you will. Yeah, the host the basically the hostage situation now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because what he does now is that he starts giving her directions, directives. Now put that suitcase down. Go in there and put on that new wig I bought you. No, 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 no. The reddish brown one. Bob. That a bitch. Yeah. I put that suitcase down and go in there and put on that wig I bought you. No, 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 no. The reddish brown one. Wow. Ain't that a bitch? And then, you know, there's some pauses in there. He says, ooh, mm-hmm. gotcha. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he says, that's hey, when, that's when he That's when the shooting starts, I think, right? Yeah. The, yeah, there's definitely shooting there. Yeah. Hey, Bob, if you're out there, let me see you dance. You said he was funky. Come on. Ain't <laughs> that a bitch? Bob. Uh, okay, so here is this is an interesting one as well because it, he, I don't know what he's doing here. I don't know if, if his character is directing her to put on this wig because he just like the wig turns him on, but it also like reminds him of maybe somebody else and it'll be easier yeah. to kill, kill her if she looks like somebody else. I don't, I honestly it, don't it know. Gets, it gets pretty rapey here now. I mean, that's just, that's, <laughs> let's call it what it is, you know? Yeah. I mean, this whole, this whole thing about like, uh, yeah, commanding her to do things and everything. This this is when it gets this is when it gets pretty dark. Like put on a yeah, wig, I, I you know, basically be uh, forcing her to be some you know what he wants her to be. You know, in terms of like the wig and everything, and at gunpoint and everything. It's just like okay. Yeah, exactly. You said it exactly what I was going to say. Like I get the impression now that he is forcing her to do these things at at gunpoint. Like she's not. Yeah. He's not just like strongly suggesting like this. He's got a gun pointed to her. You're going to do this. You're going to go in there. You're going to pull out this wig. No, not that one. The other wig. You know, the reddish brown one. And places mm-hmm. for her to go and things for her to do uh, without, you know, and she has no she has no say in it. Like, she's doing it against her will. Yeah. We've gone from, like, Blowfly Richard Pryor to more like Ike Turner now. <laughs> yeah. Of- yeah, you know, Ike Turner territory where it gets, oh uh, yeah, it gets a little bit much. You know, I mean, he's he's playing a character, but it's he's getting into this like psycho persona, you know, and this yeah. like psycho obsessive, you know, very uh, controlling, completely destructive persona. Yeah. What do you think about the lines? 
Hey, Bob, if you're out there, let me see you dance. You said you was funky. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, he's, he's, I mean, now he's addressed, he's sort of like, he crossed that fourth, you know, he crashed the fourth wall sort of, you know, and now he's like saying like, like he's announcing to the world that like, yes, I'm, you know, doing this horrible thing, you know, I don't give a fuck. And like, it's almost like, Bob, I'm coming after you next, you know? Like, let me see you yeah. dance. Like, it's kind of like he's like maybe gonna like make someone dance by like shooting at their feet or something. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah, you pretty much got it. What I was thinking too, because yeah, I don't really think yeah. he cares if Bob can like pull off dance moves. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, no, I don't think they're gonna have a dance off. <laughs> they're not having a dance off. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's more it's metaphorical. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let me see you dance. But it's but it's funny. It's but it's also. I mean, it's. This is also actually where the song kind of composition comes in because he says, let me see you dance in the beginning too. So it's kind of like, oh, is this a dance track? Is it a funky track? You know, and he he says it in the same kind of rhythm and everything. So it is funky too at the same time, you know? Yeah. I mean, the whole whole delivery is funky. I mean, it really is like a rap, you know? When you're reading the lyrics, you're like, just on their own. Especially if you haven't heard the song, I'm sure someone's going to be like, what the hell is this? But it makes sense, you know, in the song because it's actually on the beat. And with this, with this line especially, it's definitely one that's almost like, like he's telling people to get up and party, in this really <laughs> t- t- sick and twisted way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, in the next grouping of lines is when now he starts to introduce other characters, besides just the, you know, the, the main character, the protagonist. Mm-hmm. So, you hear Prince in his kind of his. Um, his Midwestern kind of white guy voice that he sometimes does. Oh, yeah. Come out with your hands up, this character says. I'll kick your ass. Then you hear, this is your last morning. Think I won't? And then the characters, or then the uh, Midwestern character, who I, of course, take to be some sort of police person, policeman. Yeah. Oh, no, the N-word's got a laser. I'm not going to say it, but he says the N-word. Yeah. It's got a laser. Yeah. Let's get the hell out of here. And he's, again, he says that in, like, some kind of Midwestern white person accent. Yeah, I know. That's, 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 that's what I, that's actually, what I It's actually really, it's really funny is when, he, when he talks like that, too. And I think his voice is pitched up, too. He's obviously... He's obviously supposed to sound like a white cop, like a white cop, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, definitely a foil to the character with the gun, you know? And just when you, when you it's Prince playing both characters, you know, it's kind of when the whole thing just, just turns into an, a, a comedy routine again. And by this yeah, point, we have... Not just any the, white cop, but a, a racist white cop on top of it. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. And um, it's with all the sound effects, by this point, all the sound effects are everything. And like... Even like old timey, like uh, um, the the sound with the bells and everything. Like you know, police didn't have bells anymore. You know, <laughs> when they when they were like going to chase somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so it gets uh, you know it gets sort of comedic again at this point. Um, and yeah, I mean we still we have some repetition here again. Like he says, "Ain't that a bitch?" And he goes, "Bob," you know, he says, "Bob," and it's really sort of like you know really dismissive kind of oh yeah uh, yeah yeah very awful he's saying it like i hate this dude 
Uh, yeah. Because I guess, you know, in his, in his, this character's mind, um, this Bob guy's got everything he does. And he's, and he's not just jealous of this woman, but jealous of maybe what Bob has too. Totally. I, I don't know where this, he's got a laser thing comes from. Like, what yeah, is, I you know, I, I mean, I think that might've just been another sound on the fair light. Like, Oh, this sounds like a laser. I'll, I guess now this, like I got to address it using laser sound effects. I got to address Exa- it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah. I got to use all the sound effects and make them fit somehow. So I, <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I think that's probably the only like thing we can decipher from that line. Yeah. And I think you start to hear like some explosions and, it gets like there's a shootout going on around that. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Then yeah. it kind of quiets down a little bit, and then we get a conversation with Mr. Mr. Uh, George. Is Mr. George home? Hello? Mr. George? This is your conscience, motherfucker. Why don't you leave motherfuckers alone? What's wrong with you? Why can't we just dance? Why can't we just dance? No, fuck that. Fuck that. And it, this part is funny be, to me because it now it harkens back to me like peanuts. Because <laughs> uh, you get the one oh, side yeah. of the conversation, right. and then on the other side of the conversation, you're hearing something happening in the background, and it's it's like it's like a kind of sounds like a, a really sped up voice that's a little bit sounds like somebody's playing with a tape. Yeah. You know, speeding yeah. up a tape, tape sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the exact same sound that was used in peanuts, but it has like the same kind of effect where you have to kind of only just use your imagination to kind of get yeah. the second half of the conversations going based off of exactly. the clues given to you by the one half that we do get. So he says, is Mr. George home? Hello, Mr. George. This is your conscience, motherfucker. But why don't you leave motherfuckers alone? What's wrong with you? Well, why can't we just dance? Why can't we just dance? No, fuck that. Fuck that. I don't talk about you. 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 You little almond shaped head ass. Who the fuck do you think this is? I'll kick your ass twice. A little almond shaped head ass. <laughs> Who the fuck do you think this is? I'll kick your ass twice. <laughs> Bob, if you're out there, let me see you dance. You said he was funky. Come on. Uh, so yeah, now he's 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 got uh, Bob George on the phone. Now he's <laughs> somehow able to yeah, get I know. His personal it's self. Re- it's really getting it's really getting number. off the rails now too. Yeah, <laughs> he's able to get his personal number. Maybe maybe the woman. Gave it to her, you know. I mean, she's got a gun to her head. We have to assume. So he's like, "Hey, give me, give me Bob's number. I want to talk to this motherfucker." Uh, so that maybe is how he got her number or his number. And so he's just kind of like, you know, confronting him, trying to basically say, "Leave, basically leave me and my woman alone." <laughs> in yeah, essence, he's trying to say, um, "What's wrong with you? Why, you know?" Ben Dunn brings up the, "Why can't we just dance? Why can't we just dance?" Uh, which, I, love, I, I love that line. 
I think that that line is so so like odd. It's not. It's like his this this character is so crazed right now that he just he doesn't even know what he's saying. Like, why can't we just dance? Doesn't really make any sense. Like, why is he talking about dancing now? You know what I mean? It sounds like it's like it's his his synapses are just firing on all cylinders. That you know he's just sort of like oh. You know, I, you know, what it's sort of like, I, I don't know. It's like he's trying to reason with Bob George somehow in some kind of like totally, out, you know, outlandish way that makes no sense. It just doesn't make sense. And I think that adds to the kind of psychosis of the of the whole character. And this this part of the song I almost see is like, okay, he's killed everybody. Now there's like carnage everywhere, you know. And now the last thing to do is just sort of just go after this this bob guy you know because mm. like you know I, that that's that's how it seems like to me because we had so much gunshots and we've had lasers and explosions and you know the, the the cops are running for the hills and everything so it's like he's he's done it yeah again it's like taxi driver there's just like bodies around you know and blood and everything and so yeah i don't i don't get the impression that she's still alive at this point in the song no no i don't think so either yeah he has moved on to his next target which is bob yeah and he just he just genuinely sounds hurt like he sounds hurt that yeah you know this, yeah yeah, yeah. This guy, that's, that's what exactly that's where i think the why can't we just dance he sounds like hurt he almost sounds vulnerable at that point exactly he sounds hurt like why why i mean you you bro- basically you broke the the guy code by you know stealing another <laughs> man's woman and you know that that's bullshit like why would you why would you do that you know, I don't talk about you. Why don't you leave motherfuckers alone? Why do you have to basically, why do you have to come after me and my right. woman? You obviously have more money than me. Uh, you're more successful. Uh, you maybe have a bigger dick. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's you're, you're massively, less, massively crazy. paranoid. Yeah. You're, you're a bit just, more stable. It's like so just massively just insecure on like every single level. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, Let's see anything else. I mean, the almond shaped head ass is a, a, another funny kind of <laughs> I don't even know who is that directed towards actually. Like, I mean, I, I don't know what really what Bob Cavallo actually looked like, or or I think I know what Nelson George looks like. I don't remember him having an almond shaped head, but that's really mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think it's just an, uh, an insult he wanted to use and. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of uh, uh, Tricky, uh, the the track by the time um, where he was talking about like uh, uh, you big toss salad hairdo having long tall snaggly gold tooth fucking you know just like cutting someone down to size yeah. in that in that track and it's this is like a, definitely a cousin to that. Yeah, it's not so much the the actual words that are being said. The insults being said, it's just the intent that I'm going to insult you, and it's going to sound ridiculous, but the intent is to insult you. Yeah. Um, it's, even, if you're, uh, even if your head isn't quite shaped like an almond, but, uh, you know, I'm going to call it that because I'm going to, um, I'm going to you know, kind of pinpoint maybe a slight, a slight flaw, yeah. a physical flaw that you might have, and I'm going to exaggerate it tenfold. Yep. <laughs> and that's what, yep. that's what a lot of these digs are about, just exaggerating minor, minor flaws and, to make them sound like they're just the worst. It's like talking about someone's mama, like your mom is so fat, blah, 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 blah. You know? Yeah. Just, yeah, exactly. Just super just exaggerated crazy. insults. Yeah. Um, all right. So then towards the very end, one of the last things he says in the song, it's another funny line. 
B-O-B. Spell that shit backwards. What did it say? Same <laughs> motherfucking shit. Turn it out. <laughs> it's just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, like is that is that supposed to be insulting? You know, <laughs> like, why? Yeah. I don't know why I even brought that up. You know, I mean, he's not wrong. You spell Bob backwards. Spell the same forwards and backwards. <laughs> yeah. Well, what uh, that, that has a name too. I forget what it's called when uh, something is spelled the same forwards and backwards. Oh, uh, yeah, I can't remember what that is either. But it is. It is sort of a kind of a bizarre observation to make after after everything else. And another thing, like your name spelled uh-huh. backwards is the same. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is called a palindrome. Yeah, right. So Bob is a palindrome. And apparently uh, it's another just another thing that he can dig on him. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah, running yeah, out of, yeah. He's running out of like legitimate digs. So he's going to exactly. dig on the shape of his head and the fact that his name spelled forward and backwards is identical. And, uh, but then he, you know, the, the actual dig is the same motherfucking shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yep. Uh, but, but then the final line of the song is Bob, ain't that a bitch? Because it's got to end it kind of the way with one of the yeah. common lines of the song. Yeah. 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 Well, if, if there's a hook in the song, it's, it's, it's the repetition. Mm-hmm. At least with the uh, lyrically, it is the repetition. So yeah, so I mean, like, what do we have here? We have a guy whose uh, woman comes home and she stepped out on him, and he can tell, or he's imagined that she had, and he's accusing her of all these things. And then he brings out a gun, and then he uh, has her at gunpoint to do all these things, and then he kills her. And then the cops come and um, they're afraid of him because he has a laser gun and they run away. And then he calls the guy that he's she's having the affair with and uh, cuts him down to size on the telephone. And that's at the end. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he was really into like creating these really cinematic sounding songs around this time. I think of like Crystal Ball as another example of a a very cinematic song. It has a complete, I mean, there's, there's some, you know, there's some death and destruction and things like that going on in Crystal Ball, but it's not a violent song. It just has death and violence in, in like what's happening around the characters of the song, but it's not about that so much. The Fairlight features very heavily on that one as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, he has this new toy. And so these, um, these cinematic soundscapes and, and then to put lyrics to, to to that to put words to that with the technology that he now had and the ability to incorporate sound effects and he mm-hmm. almost like he could create a movie or a cinema experience in a four five six seven minute song mm-hmm. and um, this is a, another great example of it it's a very it's a dark violent movie but it's it's a in, with some comedic elements to it but it's still kind of like a movie experience you get to start in the middle you get you know three different acts basically yeah uh, and you you kind of get a conclusion the conclusion as we went through it is is you know a lot of death surrounding this character uh, he's chased away the cops he's killed his what we believe he's killed his girlfriend or wife uh, he has a confrontation with the antagonist of the song bob george and uh, it kind of closes the credits roll over a potentially 
suicidal or just kind of like given up on life yeah given up yeah. on whatever we don't we don't get a true conclusion like what happens to this character he doesn't does he go to jail does he kill himself uh, is he already been injured in the shootout with the cops we don't know yeah we just, yeah, yeah. You know, we can use our imagination to kind of figure out how the story ends but it's definitely cinematic yeah 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 it's almost like uh yeah it's 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 it's, it's cinematic in the terms of like you know like I, I just came to mind Scarface or something, you know, like Scarface, like, you know, nabbing down all of his enemies in this like completely, complete coke psychosis, you know, and what happens to him at the end, you know, I mean, he gets like you know, brutally uh, killed at the end. Um, but it's got that. Yeah, it does have that sort of um, uh, con- sort of conclusive ending in a way. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So in terms of, you know, cinema, I mean, you really, you really nailed it when you said it was cinematic and that certainly was on Prince's mind a lot at this time. I think so too. There, you, there's, there's a few examples of that around this 86, 87 time period of songwriting that it just feels at home with that, even though he's never really created a song like this before. Uh, yeah. Just, just the, not, not in tone, not in content. But just the idea that he had a vision in his mind about something, a story he wanted to tell, and how can I, you know, how can he uh, deliver that in a unique way? Boy, Bob George is one of the most unique songs in his whole catalog. So I would say he Mm -hmm. knocked it out of the park in terms of uniqueness. There isn't another Bob George in his discography that I can come up with off the top of my head. No, I was just thinking that as well. It really is um, quite, quite singular. Um, but it, it also, um, speaks to how, 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 uh, this album, uh, people consider it his sort of like kind of first foray or like answer directly to rap, you know, because this is kind of a rap song. And in terms of like the way he's delivering the lyrics, even though it's not, you know, it's not hip hop really. Um, but it's got the, the minimal quality of hip hop. It's got somebody talking yeah more more something that because you know dead on it is on this album too and that was definitely his sort of like you know oh hip-hop is bullshit kind of song which um you know he would eat those words later um but i think with this one is where he's sort of like oh hey i I, you know i can be i can be tough too and sort of like you know talk about guns and violence as well but i'm going to do it in my own sort of comical you know funny off way and that sort of cinematic and and you know unreal kind of way i think just also because well, i don't know i mean who was who was around there maybe boogie down productions kind of had that sort of like gritty like in krs one and that that kind of gritty yeah. feel too um yeah. but it wasn't that was the first album was by them criminal minded was the name of yeah the exactly was, you know so in a way it was starting to get into that point yeah, I think because I think by the time that this album actually like people knew it and stuff was maybe was when that was when that stuff was sort of happening. So you're like, oh, this is sort of him like responding to that. But he had actually done it. He actually recorded it, you know, yeah, a year or two before. Fascinating yeah. what he was trying to do here, um, mm-hmm. kind of really. Uh, and you know, he might have been inspired by movies like Scarface and stuff like that. It does it yeah, yeah. Or, as you already mentioned, uh, the cinematic aspects of it kind of lend me to believe that you know he this is there's been violent movies, you know, ever since basically movies, twenties and thirties, there was gangster movies and stuff. So, sure. um, 
he had a lot of he had a lot of potential inspiration options. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. All right. Um, so, snacks. Do you have any final thoughts on Bob George or anything else you wanted to talk about? Well, um, I'm curious if they're ever going to re-release this album. Actually, uh, because Be nice. it's it's not streaming. It's not anything anymore. So, I guess they were sticking to that. Um, you know, what the, the 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 deal was that it would be a limited release when it was actually officially released, and I guess they've just stuck with that. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm assuming that they're going to. I mean, I, I would imagine that they're going to be doing it, you know, you know, re-releasing it some kind of way. But I don't know when, and you know, yeah, we'll see. But I hope they do because I mean, it's actually a really. I mean, I think this is a great track. You know, it's a, it's. It's super funky and it's unique, like you said. I think the production is great, um, and uh, the rest of the album is, for the for the most part, is pretty is 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 really good too. So, you know, I hope that does come out. Yeah, me um, too. It needs to be on streaming platforms like the Prince the official Prince channel on YouTube. It's, you can't find it there. You can get it on find it on YouTube, but it's unofficial. It's just for yeah. somebody who was able to put up a copy of it and somehow somehow it hasn't been taken down or uh-huh. <laughs> even copyright strikes i'm not sure how that works but yeah uh, makes me wonder like if it's kind of a unofficially sanctioned <laughs> in order to allow it to yeah be but definitely can't find it on spotify that's for sure no no definitely not or title or anywhere else yeah mm-hmm. so one of these days and it's um it's funny when we're talking about the the, the sound quality of the bootlegs because I remember when it finally did come out officially, I was kind of like, it still doesn't sound very good, <laughs> like sound quality-wise, you know? It really does sound like like lo-fi or just really quickly recorded, quickly mixed, quickly mastered, you know? Yeah. And again, that's I think that sort of speaks to the fact that this was just a, you know, this was a rush job, kind of for fun. And uh, But I also think that's another thing that makes it really interesting, you know? Um, because you know, hearing Prince make an album for fun in uh, the mid to late '80s was still a, a wonderful thing, you know. Yeah, it's, it's and the, the, the baseline, the baseline, and the and the and the drum machine on this track are so awesome too. I mean, I, I was obsessed with that with that drum pattern. I still am. Yeah, this track that that's really what that's really what makes this track for me, and and just the. How it's just just that and guitar, I love it. So cool. Me too. I think Bob George is my favorite song in the Black Album. Personally, yeah. I I, I think all of side. I love all of side too. Actually, just bam, bam, bam. The whole thing. It's great. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, snacks. Where can uh, people find you and uh, your music? Uh, well, I'm on the interwebs. Uh, <laughs> you can find me uh, on Instagram. At House of Snaxine, that's House of S N A X I N E. Uh, I'm also on uh, Facebook. I also, um, if you don't mind me plugging a couple releases of mine, oh, go for it. Um, I recently started a project with a um, one of the resident DJs at this um, famous club here named Bearkind. His name is uh, Andreas Baumecker, and uh, when lockdown started, um, we created an album and a new project called Snacker. And um, the first like official release of ours uh, has 
been out now for a few weeks. It's called Mandemic, and you can get that um, on all the streaming platforms. Uh, again, the name is Snecker, and the EP is called Mandemic. So that just came out, and not long before that, uh, my husband has a project called Unconscious Honey. Uh, it's um, synth pop, uh, and he has a lot of um, guest vocalists, His, and the album's called Loose Beginnings. And I think uh, if uh, your listeners like Prince and synthesizers and drum machines, they'll like this music too. So uh, you can check that out too. And you can find me, like I said, on Instagram, um, Twitter, under Honeymoon Snacks, and Facebook. Okay, great. I will definitely put links to uh, the projects you're referring to in the show notes and uh, on social media when this episode goes live. So thank Sounds you so good. much for joining me um, from across the pond, six hours My ahead pleasure. of me. So <laughs> thanks for staying up late with me, man. Uh, yeah, it. it's fine. No, it's fine. I mean, to talk about Bob George is, uh, you know, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that anytime. So thanks Great. so much for having me having me back on, Jason. It was uh, it was uh, it was fun as always. Yes, thank you so much. This has been the Presser Wine Prince Lyrics Podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. You can find the show at Presser Wine Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as well as on YouTube. And uh, check out my Discord if you have an opportunity to, and you like Discord as a server to chat with other Prince fans. Uh, you can access the Discord through also my website and the show notes. So find the link there. And until next time, thank you very much and goodbye. Ain't that a bitch?